Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A Moving Sculpture by Robert Fairhead Chapter 1 The Manor House And now, the piste de resistance on the manor house grounds, the old colonel announced, leading his younger guest to a sunlit garden. What do you think, Mr Evans? he inquired, waving his walking stick at the garden's centrepiece. Toby Evans stepped forward and circled the white marble structure. A life-size sculpture of a man and woman standing face to face on a marble pedestal, hands caressing each other tenderly and lips fused in a kiss. It's, um, interesting, Colonel, Evans commented, making a note of the sculpture and its location. Does it have a title? The Colonel chuckled (laughs) and joined Evans beside the figures. Adam and Eve. Not very original, I'll grant you. I found the star-crossed lovers while on tour in the Middle East. The merchant swore it was 2,000 years old. The Colonel chuckled again. (laughs) Less than that, I'd say. Still, she, uh, they, caught my eye, and I thought Adam and Eve would look at home here in the manor's south garden. Evans made more notes and took some photos. The colonel sidled up beside him, and in a croaky, conspiratorial whisper added, Regardless of her actual age, it's a moving sculpture. I fell in love with it the moment I saw them. Or, between you and me, Mr Evans, the moment I saw her. Evans stifled a laugh, and keen on humouring his old host, asked, What do you mean, Colonel? The Colonel straightened his back. In a firmer voice, he replied, I mean, Mr Evans, that she, Eve, is the perfect representation of the female form. This fellow, the Colonel tapped the male figure with his walking stick, is common, brutish. The craftsmanship is competent, but no more than that. He's more Alf than Adam. But Eve. The Colonel lowered his walking stick and gazed adoringly at the female figure. Eve is a goddess. Sculptured by the loving and devoted hands of a genius. Evans turned back to the sculpture so the colonel wouldn't see his mocking smirk. He reached out and ran a hand over the figures and was surprised how smooth the female's lines felt compared to the coarser finish of the male. There was something else too. Eve was easy on the eyes and more aesthetically pleasing than Adam. It was the contrast between beauty and the beast. Do you think it's the work of two different craftsmen, colonel? Evans asked, dragging his hands and eyes away from the sculpture. Yes, I do, Mr Evans. And another thing. I don't believe they're lovers. The colonel waved his walking stick at the figures again. Study their arms. Can you make out the taut tendons? There's tension in their embrace. And look at their eyes, Mr Evans. Do you see it? Evans stared up at the recessed curves of the open-eyed Adam and Eve. I may be too old for that sort of stuff nowadays, the colonel chuckled. (laughs) But when I was a younger man, Mr Evans, lovers kissed with their eyes closed. A bell rang out across the garden. Ah, that will be Mrs Stubbs. If there's anything else you'd like to know about the manor house and gardens, Mr Evans, perhaps we can discuss it over one of her famous cream teas. Of course, Colonel, Evans replied with a generous smile. Though I think I have all the notes and photos I need. You've been most helpful and informative. Good. I look forward to reading your magazine piece in Country Estates and Gardens, the Colonel responded enthusiastically. The old manor can do with a spot of promotion. Hopefully it will help boost our visitor numbers, he added. Right then, 
Let's bid these so-called lovers adieu and see what Mrs Stubbs has baked us, shall we? The Colonel turned and limped towards the manor house. Evans followed, pausing at the edge of the garden for a farewell look at the sculpture. He took another photo. The Eve figure was uncommonly beautiful, and even with her less desirable partner, Evans knew the marble sculpture was worth a tidy sum. He made a final note, slipped his notebook into his breast pocket, and patted it with a self-satisfied smile. Jonesy, it's me, Toby. Slight problem, flat battery. Yeah, well, believe it or not, the old codgers offered to put me up for the night. I know, I know, it's risky, but I thought he might get suspicious if I refused. Yeah, I'll get the car fixed first thing tomorrow. Wait until you see the list, Jonesy. This manor house will be our best haul yet. Chapter 2. That Night Toby Evans woke with a start later that night and checked his watch. It was two o'clock in the morning. His head throbbed and his mouth tasted sickly sweet. Evans recalled dinner with the colonel and the rounds of port nightcaps he had insisted they drink before bed. The memory made him wince with nausea. For an old codger who hobbled about the place, the colonel seemed to have the constitution of an ox when it came to port. With a groan, Evans dragged himself from the bed and walked to the dressing table to pour himself a glass of water from the jug Mrs Stubbs had left out for him. It was a still, cloudless night and a full moon bathed the gardens in a cold, pale light. Evans let his bleary eyes settle on the marble sculpture in the south garden. Moonlight accentuated Eve's feminine curves, and Evans felt an irrational stirring as his gaze drifted down her body. When she thrust her naked buttocks in his direction, he laughed and smiled with pleasure. Evans' smile froze, and he suddenly felt as cold as the night. He set down his glass and rubbed his eyes and looked out the window again. He watched Adam embrace Eve, and both figures sway back and forth on the pedestal, like trees in the wind. Only there wasn't any wind and they weren't trees. They were a moving marble sculpture. What the? Evans opened the bedroom window for a better view. A hinge creaked, and Eve turned to the sound. She looked up at Evans, her eyes wide with fear, and mouthed the silent plea for help. He stared down in horror as Adam wrenched Eve's head away from the window. Before he knew what he was doing, Evans was dashing downstairs and out the front door. I'm dreaming, he told himself. But the fresh nighttime air in his lungs and the cobblestones of the manor driveway bruising his bare feet felt real enough. What would he do when he reached the sculpture? Evans had no idea. His expertise was casing jobs. He wasn't the physical type and left that sort of thing to Jonesy and the boys. It's okay, he reminded himself. It's just a dream. It's just the port. Evans burst into the south garden and saw Adam forcing his lips onto the struggling Eve. Without pausing to think, Evans grabbed a shovel resting against a garden wall and ran at the writhing figures. He raised the shovel high above his head and brought it down hard on top of Adam. The impact jarred Evans to his teeth and filled the manor grounds with an ear-splitting clang of metal on stone. Evans stumbled backwards and leaned on the shovel for support, gasping for breath, his heart pounding and ears ringing. As the bell-like echo dulled across the garden, Evans was astounded to see the marble Adam slumped on the ground beside the sculpture. He looked up and saw the female figure Eve smiling down at him, her face a beacon of gratitude and beauty. Eve opened her arms, offering an embrace, and in a trance-like state, Evans dropped the shovel and stepped up to join her on the pedestal. Thank you. She mouthed silently, gently caressing his face. Evans returned her caress. Eve's face felt soft, not like marble, but like human skin. She leaned into him, and he leaned into her. Their lips touched, and Evans felt a tingling, like an electric shock of joy and love surge through his body. Chapter 3. The Next Morning Like the old army officer he was, the colonel rose promptly at 0600 the next morning. He 
he was accustomed to enjoying a few ports before bed and attributed his dull headache to a restless night from last night's noisy wind, a morning constitutional around the gardens and a strong cup of tea with Mrs Stubbs' breakfast would sort it out. The Colonel thought about inviting his guest on the walk, but decided Evans might prefer a sleep in. Young men can't handle their port these days, he reminded himself and headed out the front door. As usual, the Colonel's first stop was his favourite south garden. He scowled, hmm, when he saw the shovel on the ground beside the Adam and Eve sculpture and made a mental note to tick off the gardener. How are you this morning, you lucky rogue? The Colonel asked, addressing Adam. And you, my beauty, he inquired, turning to Eve. Something about the figures struck the Colonel as odd. He stood back and studied them. There was something different about Adam and Eve this morning. He circled them and then stepped forward and peered more closely. What could it be? A chill ran up his old spine when the colonel realised what had changed. No, it's impossible, he said aloud, reaching up and running his trembling fingers over the smooth, closed eyelids of Adam and Eve, fused in a lover's kiss. The colonel dropped his hand and limped hurriedly back to the manor house to wake young Evans. Hi, I'm Robert Fairhead from Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True website. I wrote a moving sculpture in 1992 when I lived in England. Looking through my original notes, I can't find the reason why I wrote it. Perhaps I just came up with the idea and explored where it took me. Initially, the young protagonist, Toby Evans, was a journalist for a socialist magazine, researching an undercover story on landed gentry. But around this time in the UK, several stately homes were robbed, having been cased beforehand, and I thought this was a more likely scenario for Evans' visit to the old colonel and the manor house. The story doesn't explain the supernatural springing to life of the garden sculpture's marble figures. I leave that to the reader's imagination. Though years later, when I saw the Weeping Angels episode on Doctor Who, I did wonder about Eve's intent. I hope you enjoyed a moving sculpture. The next episode of Tall and True Short Reads will be in your podcast feed shortly. Please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it via your favourite listening app. And don't forget to tell your family and friends about Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True website.